out there with all the hottest takes today is the 18th of april 2021 been a minute um a long I'm, minute yeah i'm carter and i am joined by frankie and jake we are back ladies and gentlemen and uh we're gonna go with a new format this time around we've uh taken a long break looked back at the episodes and decided that you know shorter might be better for us so uh, we're going to jump right into the action here. First thing we're going to go over is March Madness. Yes, we are a couple weeks removed from it, but it was one hell of a tournament. You guys you guys can agree with that. Gonzaga almost had that perfect season, but Baylor ruined it. Baylor ruined it. So I want you guys, uh, some of your guys' opinions from the tournament, just what you guys thought overall and any surprise teams or surprise players that really stuck out or, you know, impressions from the tournament. Um, I had Gonzaga winning in my bracket. I just feel like they got to win eventually. That's that's my thought process there. Um, but, you know, Mark Fee is kind of like a known choke artist, I feel like, not to be rude or Well, anything. Gonzaga as a whole is known kind of as a choke yeah. artist. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe that's because of the, the week schedule they play. I'm not sure. But kind of um, – I'm just going to start it off with a little bit of a hot take, actually. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I feel like Jalen Suggs – shot despite the craziness of it oh it God. definitely has less of an impact because they didn't win uh, i'm gonna have to watch that shot as a ucla fan over yeah. and over and over in pain i mean hey we did it to them we did it to them a while back but this one hurt way more considering ucla was a cinderella story and to see jug uh Suggs just take that up the court and bank it in out of all of it god it was jump up on yeah. the scores table like he was kobe i mean it was it, it was it was tough. i was throwing chairs i was pissed off i was very angry but uh you gotta be you gotta be happy looking at that run looking back at that run though oh and the things it's done for ucla i mean it's helped with the recruiting they're, oh, yeah. they're is gonna be here for a while returned, i think they return all five starters right you know, as long as Juzang comes back, all five starters will be back. So next year could be interesting. But, uh, well, your pick was a lot better than mine for who you chose to win the tournament. I went with Iowa and Illinois in my brackets and God awful. You know, we all saw how that turned out. Um, it's, you know, there were some good stories from this March Madness. So Avalo Christian going on a little bit of a run. They upset Texas, if I'm not mistaken, in that first round. Um, who was some more overrated teams that we saw? BYU got smacked around by UCLA. Ohio State. Ohio State. We never saw that Oral Roberts-Moorhead State matchup that we all really wanted. But got to give him props. Oral Roberts won two. They won two and they lost to Houston maybe. I, I can't remember. But, yeah, they had, they had quite the run too. Yeah. Oral Roberts, great team. The one big takeaway I had from this tournament, however, is whenever it comes to the betting, I'm just going to tail my grandma from now on because she had – Oral Roberts winning a couple games. She had Abilene Christian beating Texas. Like she had Baylor winning the tournament. It was a crazy thing. Wow. I yeah. She wow. Was, Thanks for sharing those picks, Carly. It was a good. Uh, I don't know. I was really busy, like just after some midterms, and I, I get some text from my grandma, like, "Oh, I'm picking these teams." I'm like, uh, "Thanks, Gigi. It means a lot." And then it just all hit, and I'm like, "Dang!" But. As far as the UCLA thing goes, look, I'm the I'm the biggest UCLA fan there's out there. My dad went to UCLA, and uh, fun fact, I actually know um, Johnny Juzang's cousin. Johnny, he goes here's Johnny. So I'm a big UCLA guy, but I, I am gonna say they did have kind of a, as they say, Mickey Mouse schedule. Except no, oh, whoa, whoa, hot take, whoa. Hot take whoa. bit of a hot take. I think up until like the Michigan game, like Michigan State was the best team they played. Like BYU, Ooh, I think would have if they had beat UCLA would have made a very similar run. That Michigan State team, that Michigan I, State I, team was good. I had them going to like whoever won that play-in game. I had them going to the Elite Eight because uh-huh. I didn't mean like I mean clearly like Texas like they they they, they kind of like soiled it. So yeah. like Abilene Christian, not a great team. BYU, like they had a close game against Gonzaga, but like. 
BYU did not play well. Like Alabama could not make a free throw for their life. I gained awesome. a little bit of respect in the game versus Michigan. Like Michigan, like just did not play that well, like down the stretch. And like hats off to UCLA and especially in the Gonzaga game. Like I, I was saying all this like Mickey Mouse schedule stuff for like a long time. Really but, fraud. Then, but the exactly. But then as soon as they play Gonzaga, like gotta tip my cap a little bit because I watched some statistic and it said they had the best mid-range shooting performance of any team in any like like March Madness game ever. They shot almost 70% from mid-range and like that just is a testament to how good Gonzaga is. Like I mean I know they kind of won off a half court shot in overtime but like I mean I mean I guess it shows how good Baylor is too but like that Gonzaga team was definitely something special and like I don't know. As a Timmy. kid I was, I what did you guys think of the uh, What did you guys think of the stash, the stash man from Gonzaga? Um, I was rocking with the stash, but I was definitely rocking with his play style. Just like a, <laughs> but he's like he's like a Tim Duncan type. Now all I have to say is, move over, Damian Lillard. It's Timmy time, baby. Watch out. Hey, it's but Timmy when time. All to, when he was hitting the the stash celebration after every single bucket, I don't know about that. Like he was hitting that like. It was a little aggressive. It was, it was yeah, a little aggressive, little, especially when they're up 20 on some nobodies and, yeah. you know, he's in in those garbage minutes and dunking on dudes and then in the, you know, so. But, yeah, it was a great tournament. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the, like, one final kind of thing is, like, you know, looking into a tournament, like, I feel like a lot of people, just because of, like, the situation, like, a lot of people put a lot of research into, like, you know, who's going to be that sleeper team. And, like, there's a lot of potential for anybody to do it because it was kind of all, like, very little fans, like for the most part, neutral site, um, like tournament. So like that whole balance between, I think like, it was just like a very odd format in the sense like no fans. Like I remember like more than a year ago, we were talking about what sports going to be like with no fans or like when is stuff coming back? And like now I feel like everybody's kind of adapted to this. Yeah, like March Madness without fans. Like the fans at the end of the day are kind of like what make the culture of March Madness. So like, this is a great tournament, and, like, I loved how everybody got so into it, but, like, it's just going to be so much better because I feel like people now appreciate March Madness for, like, the great tournament that it is, so. Also, another Pac-12 team shout-out, right, just to wrap it up. Shout-out Oregon State from a betting perspective and from a fan perspective. I don't think they lost against the spread in the whole tournament, so. Shout-out the Beavs. But moving on from the court to the football field, there has there is something that needs to be discussed, and it, it really needs to be discussed more than it is being discussed. I'm, I just, I'm curious, uh, Frankie. I want I want you to go ahead and give me your top five QBs in this draft class. If, if you were a football GM and you had the first five picks and you needed five QBs, what's what's your order going? My list doesn't exactly have any surprises. I think it's pretty straightforward in my opinion. But I got Trevor Lawrence. One, Zach Wilson, two, Justin Fields, three, Trey Lance, four, and Mac Jones, five. Um, that's just my top five. All right, I, I All right. Really Carter, wait, hold on, hold on. Just before we get into it, Carter, yeah. Carter, can I hear your top five? Um, I think my top five, I mean, like, I got Trevor. Trevor, one. Actually, let's go for, I'll just go from the, from the back. I think I got Mac Jones. I think I got Trey Lance. But I think I'm, aside from Frankie, I think I'm going to switch – Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Um, I'll get into why in a little bit, but then I'll put Trevor Lawrence with one. That dude's just two generational. Like, yeah, Carter, that's uh, that's funny because that's the exact same way my list goes. And, you know, I, I think Zach Wilson and Fields are interchangeable. But the thing that's not interchangeable is Mac Jones being projected to go third overall to the 49ers. I mean, sure, he had a great year at Alabama. No disrespect to him. But the dude is not going to get it done in the NFL like a guy like Fields will. There's no reason Fields should not be the second uh, second or third taken quarterback in this upcoming draft at the end of the month. It makes no sense to me. I, I have to agree with you um, on this one, Jake. I'm not, I'm not high on Mac Jones for a lot of reasons. Um, I think Mel Kuyper is wilding for picking Mac Jones at three in his mock draft. And, and maybe the Niners will take Mac Jones, but I'm just like – there's a lot of reasons, but not just because he overthrew his uh, receiver at Pro Day, but um, also, like, when you look at what he's dealing with in the backfield, he, he wasn't pressured, like, really at all in college um, behind that fantastic O-line. And then when you have Devontae Smith as your number one wideout, who the Slim Reaper part two, I mean, 
I don't know. It's it's hard to say that Mac Jones had to deal with a lot of pressure and make a lot of hard decisions um, in the pocket and outside of the pocket this last year. I, I would just the whole with the whole 49ers thing, I'd much rather see a guy like Justin Fields develop under a coach um, in Shanahan than I than uh, a guy like Mac Jones. I would agree. I would definitely agree. But I think I might take a little bit of an alternative route in the sense that I think while I don't think Mac Jones is a top, what, two or three quarterback in this draft, I don't hate the pick as much as some other people do because of what the 49ers need. We talk about pocket pressure Alabama, and in my opinion, like, the 49ers have the best offensive tackle in Trent Williams in the entire league. Like, they just splashed a bag on him. They have a really good backfield of running backs. Like, they got a ton of guys. Um, back there, like Raheem Mustard, as they call him. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I like Ayuk and Debo Samuel are obviously developing. Like, they got guys. Maybe they just need that, that guy who can just sit there and make passes. And while he's not as accurate, I feel like whenever you get kind of dual threat guys like Zach Wilson um, or, like, even Justin Fields to an extent, like, I think Justin Fields is definitely better. And, like, the only thing is, like, Mac Jones has, like, the size over him. Like, but Trey Lance and Zach Wilson at the end of the day can be kind of considered dual threat QBs in like a way. And maybe that's just not what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him have like a dual threat QB. And like, that's a good point. Whenever he made it to the Super Bowl, he didn't have one. He kind of relied on his defense, relied on running the ball. And like, you got a big present in the pocket who kind of just can throw it over like D line and big guy. Maybe that's just like what he thinks he can develop. So, I mean, I guess I have, we'll see. But I have two questions for you then. Um, first one being, if you're Shanahan right now and you got and you draft Mac Jones and you keep Jimmy G, who's playing? Wow. Um, I mean, like, I think just the the policy, like how they do it normally. Like, I think they'll start Jimmy G for a couple games, but like, I think really like Jimmy G, I don't think is like he's the Italian Blake Bortles, so I don't <laughs> think like he's like anything special. But I think what it will give Mac Jones an opportunity to do is I think they want him to play in sort of a Jimmy G role because Jimmy G is just not as big of a guy as Mac Jones is. But like Mac Jones is a they, unit. They, they want him to do the same type of thing. So um, I don't know. I think that also like Jimmy G isn't like a big deep ball thrower. And like while like Mac Jones clearly, clearly. has an overthrow, overthrowing problem, like I think adding him like – in my opinion, like, I feel like if Wilson and Trevor Lawrence go, it's between Justin Fields and Mac Jones for me. Like, I just feel like Trey Lance is, like, for Kyle Shannon especially, I just feel like it's too much of a risk. Like, it, like in the sense that, like, the 49ers, like, Trey Lance is just a guy, like, he's kind of a surprise. Like, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Like, he could be a star. And, like, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's very okay, like, just missing – that for like a guy with the opportunity to like develop like a Mac Jones. Yeah. But I still think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback. I think the 49ers should take him if he's there. So. Um, my next question then would be if the Niners don't take Mac Jones, who do you see taking him? I have this terrible feeling that they would take Trey Lance instead. But like Ooh. I think I think they should because I for some reason I saw so many mock drafts early on, which like Trey Lance the Niners I'm like, why would they do that? Maybe they want to why? Maybe they want an option style stuff with like Debo and Ayuk and the running backs. Like, I guess that would make sense. But that's just like. But like we were talking about earlier, that means Shanahan completely reimagines his offense. Which yeah. that that might be like. I mean, I don't know, maybe today like I don't know, you see with Andy Reid like Andy Reid does so much stuff where he like changes how the game is played. It's like he's had a ton of success doing so. So like I don't know, maybe Kyle Shanahan's. Shanahan trying to hop on that wave a little bit, especially losing like his defensive coordinator, who was like, like in my opinion, like the 49ers defense is clearly what made their team, and like yeah. Robert Sala is just like he's his a, energy is unmatched. Yeah, no, he he's like the best defensive coordinator there is. So, I mean, he's also gets mad hype on the sidelines, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, but I, mean, Carter, I think I think they Carter, take. I don't know. Carter, you have points, but as a great Stephen A. Smith said, I'm not sold. I just don't see Mac Jones succeeding like people think he's going to. But, hey, all the more power for him to prove me wrong. Uh, I just – I don't like the Fields disrespect. That dude went out and 
murdered Clemson single-handedly in the college football playoff last year with like broken ribs. And it, I just, I'm sick of the disrespect. So, so uh, I, I've wrapped up for my quarterback talk and I'm ready to move on if you guys are. If the draft, yeah. just the fact that like if the draft was like the week after the college football playoff, like we would have seen Trevor Lawrence one and Justin Fields two. There was even talk about whenever Fields beat him that Fields might go one. Yeah, so that's like, a great point. Somehow, like Zach Wilson, by not playing a single game of organized football, like somehow moved, <laughs> up, the moved up the charts like a ton. I don't know. Like, I mean, come make some good throws. Hey, come on, man! It was Mormons versus Mullets. He's got one like meaningful yeah. game under his belt. That's like, that, that was actually that was pretty. Dope, it looks right? like a Disney Channel star. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of does. He it looks like, like a Disney Channel version of Zach Wilson. So. <laughs> All right, well, moving on from football to football, a developing story, which this date might go down in football history. Uh, this European Super League was officially t- announced today. It consists of the highest rated football clubs throughout all of Europe. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how Tottenham got in there, but um, it is a, as of now, it is a 12-team league, and UEFA and FIFA are pissed off. UEFA and FIFA are very angry because this is going to change football forever. I'm going to hand this one over to you guys for a bit because I want to hear your opinions on this. So uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on the European Super League. Um, Go ahead. I mean, where do I even begin? Um, if you want to be well-versed about this, I recommend listening to Gary Neville talk about it. Um, on Sky Sports today, he like summed it up perfectly. The teams need to be fined. Um, there need to be sanctions on this. It's a huge cash grab. I'm I'm heavily opposed to this. Um, I think it's it's an insult to the fans. You know, um, I saw a, a great quote today that says, "We're fans, not customers." And um, yeah. people that people that just love the sport and have a, a passion for are, are really upset right now. And um, uh, there's a, a, a quote from Sir Matt Busby, who uh, was an old Man United manager in the 60s, and it's on the Man United stands. And it says, uh, football is nothing without the fans. And even though that's a simple quote, it, it's, it sums it up. I mean, um, it's weird watching soccer without the fans. And the fans – the fans are everything. That's why it's why everyone plays. And um, I think it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, uh, the way they picked it too. Like, I'm biased. Like Tottenham, Tottenham in there. Like, they haven't won. Oh my god, they won like the Audi Cup, and they haven't won a trophy since like my dad was born. And then and you got Arsenal. Arsenal is eighth in the Premier League right now. They're a mid-table team. They tied Fulham today. And they announced that they're in the Super League like <laughs> hours after they tied Fulham, bro. They, need, they needed a 90th minute equalizer to tie Fulham. All right? That's, Are you mad? That's it's, it's kind of an embarrassing thing. And, like, Frank, you totally hit the nail on the head in the sense that it's like a total cash grab, obviously, by these owners. But, like, I mean, clearly UEFA and FIFA's mad. I mean, and so am I. Like, I literally have, like, I mean, like, I know this is the audio version, but, like, we literally got the the Petr Cech jersey hanging in my background right now. Like, as a longtime Chelsea fan, just to see, like, the idea of, like, um, the club as a whole kind of just get torn down with, like, Champions League and all that stuff and, like, all these teams just, like, getting, like, ripped apart because of this whole process. I mean, it's just, like, really sad to see as a fan, but also, like, you could tell, like, you is not taking this lightly. Let me name out a few countries real quick. Um, countries like Ghana, uh, Costa Rica, Uruguay, Croatia, Slovenia. Moscow, baby. Yeah. So all these countries um, have like a, like basically like gross domestic product, like how much money they bring in every year is less than the $60 billion lawsuit that FIFA and UEFA is preparing against like the Super League teams. So, like, basically, like, it's worth as much as, like, they're basically suing the entire net worth of entire countries. And this is, like, the bottom half of, like, the entire, like, no, like, some of these countries are in the top half of the world's, like, most highest earning countries. It's, like, you kind of just get a grasp on, like, how crazy this is going to escalate. And, like, you see things, like, things about, like, players not be, might not be able to play for their national teams or, like, 
which I think is complete bullshit because the players have no say and no control over this. And sure, be mad at the owners, be mad at the people on the boards, but do not blame the players for this. There is no reason that they should be banned. The national team should have nothing to do with this. But and the good thing, though, at the end of the day, the good thing, though, is I'm like, Frankie, like, I know you're a United fan. I'm like, Jake, luckily, we're, we're both Chelsea fans. But, like, yes, I sir. feel like the good thing is, as fans, like, even if you're a Tottenham fan, like, you can still get behind the idea of, like, the fact that, like, the Super League is just so not it. And I don't know. I think that it kind of just, like, people are coming together for, like, a common purpose of, like, just stopping this. And, like, we're even on the same side as FIFA, which isn't always the case. So yeah. <laughs> I think that um, just, like, looking at the whole situation, like, from, like, a bird's eye view, like, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I really think they're going to be able to, like, shut down just because the penalties are just going to be so much. And, like, agreed. So, but uh, the thing is, they're just going to leave UEFA and FIFA. They're just going to say, you know what? We don't give a shit. Sorry. This is our league now. This is what we're going to do. And they're not going to have any, you know, they're just going to moderate themselves. But I, I, I think the sanctions are just going to be too much. Like, there already talks about, like, what's going to happen to the Premier League. Like, are, are teams going to even be allowed to play in the Premier League? Are they still going to do a Champions League? Is it going to be West Ham, Leeds United, and Everton? representing the Premier League and, and the Champions League next year. And I mean, Gardino bringing home the cup. That'd be crazy. Oh my We're going to have Byron PSG would, for the next oh 30 years in the Champions Mark League. Noble? Come on. No, but in all seriousness, it, it's, it's like kind of a, an insult to the sport, I feel like. And um, I'm not sure how, how they determine what teams made it. I'm, I'm assuming it's something to do with money. Uh, has to be, but like AC Milan lost to Man United in in, in uh, the Europa League. Our, like Arsenal didn't even make the Champions League this year. Tottenham lost to Slavia Prague in the Europa League while their manager was in jail. Like, I mean, so I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like keep dissing all these teams, but it, it's just clear that it wasn't. Um, there was no not skill involvement in behind this. Yeah, exactly. It's just the owners. And, yeah. uh, uh, like, I mean, I would watch it because I, I support my club, but um, uh, I really don't want to see it happen, and I don't think it will happen. And here's, here's the thing. You know, I, I'm kind of – I have a little bit of a different view on this, you know, as just starting to watch European football. I thought this was a great idea when I opened Twitter and saw it. I was like, oh, this is dope. I, I didn't think it was – you know, I hadn't read into it at all. Anything I was like, oh, cool. Like a tournament league style thing where they play more games against each other and everyone plays each other. So it's not the same as champions league. So I was like, this is an awesome idea. I, I can't wait to see this. And then when I read more and more into it and I saw that it's just going to kill smaller clubs and smaller football throughout all of Europe, I, I just wasn't okay with it. You, you can't, I mean, a lot of these championship teams, they benefit off of, you know, playing premier teams in the FA Cup and in other small tour- European tournaments. That's where all their revenue comes from. And if something like this happens, we're going to end up only having a 12 European teams that we ever hear about. The Premier League will be not a thing, not as big of a thing anymore because these smaller teams who, the yo-yo teams who go back and forth are just going to get killed money-wise and not just in England, but throughout all of Europe. So... I'm hoping that something falls through, but the way it's been looking today is, is not been looking great. And like I said, to start this segment off, it's April 18th. We'll go down as a day in history of if this goes through as a day football change forever. So, so that, that pretty much transitions us into our, our next kind of segment. I'm talking about the Champions League. So what are you guys' thoughts on the Final Four and the Champions League? And do you guys have any predictions for who's going to win those semifinal matches and who do you think is going to uh win it all this year yeah carter you can lead us off here um yeah don't say it carter carter don't say it say it say it carter don't say it carter don't say it i'm gonna generalize first i'm gonna generalize first (laughs) i mean just for the people who are not as aware we got chelsea for Real madrid and we got man city psg games tuesday april 27th and wednesday the 28th respectively um so, I mean, look, as a Chelsea fan, I'm clearly biased, and I'm just going to say what I think is going to happen. 
in the first, like the first leg of the first round. So we saw Real Madrid beat a Liverpool team who was kind of in shambles, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold was playing for Real Madrid in the first leg, so. <laughs> yeah, God, don't, don't even get me started. Trent, Alexander, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a poor man's Azpilicueta, as they say. So Never heard anyone can, say that. Look, I think that Real Madrid is, like, a, a very well-coached team. And, like, at the end of the day, like, without Ronaldo, like, Kareem Benzema is, like, having the best season of his career. One of the most criminally underrated players ever. Probably yeah. is what happened on the French national team that one time. Like, his, it kind of got bad rep. But, I mean, like, Real Madrid is a good team. But I think Chelsea – And they're playing well at the right time. That's the thing. Because a few months think- ago, Real Madrid was just injured. They were – Luka Modric, who's – Forgive me if I'm wrong. Thirty six was carrying that team, so yeah. And I so I think I think Chelsea's gonna win that that matchup. And then I think on the other side, um, like look, this is obviously the toughest one. Like I'm so glad we got matched against Real Madrid for the most part because I think PSG are the two best teams left for the most part. Um, but I think that Man City is gonna win. I think that Ruben Diaz is having one of the best seasons like ever, and like I think. If there's one guy who can stop Mbappe right now, like I think he's like one of the best ones out there. And like also, like, I don't know. If Chelsea lose to Man City in the Champions League final, I'll clearly be like very if they lose the Champions League final, I'll be very upset regardless. But like I feel like the Aguero narrative, like getting him a Champions League in his like last match for Manchester City, like, I don't know. That that was like I mean, like, I know Frankie hates that name, but like that was like the like he scored one of the greatest goals I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, so. definitely. I mean, like, he's, he's, like, a Premier League legend. One of, like, the best, if not, like, the best striker the Premier League has, like, ever seen, like, on, like, a long-term level. So, I mean, I got Chelsea in the finals. And, I mean, even though Chelsea beat Man City 1-0 in the, like, last time they played, I think I'd probably take City in the final. But Chelsea does love their cup finals, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to Frankie, yeah. uh, I know it pains you to talk about Manchester when it's not about United. So, I want to go ahead and hear your predictions. I'm going to have to disagree with Carter on this one. Um, I hate to be anti-prem, but I'm going to go Real Madrid and uh, PSG. PSG, Wow. I think they win uh, Oil Classico, um, as they call it. <laughs> so I think oh – I just think, you know, even though Man City has, like, 50 players on their team, they got, like, 20 defenders. Um, it, it's, it's like, cliche to say, like, oh, like Mbappe is, like, so good. But, like, he is on a tear. And uh, Neymar played so well in the, um, the second leg of their uh, their quarterfinal. I saw I saw a lot of tweets about how he played the best goalless game yeah. I've ever seen. And I can agree with that. That's a weird thing to say. But um, yeah, it's then, a good way to put it. Even um, though he Go ahead, Frank. You can do it. I was just going to say, it's, it's Chelsea's been playing really well, and they do have a lot of success deep into tournaments, but I just think Real Madrid has too much, a little too much firepower, especially if Vinicius is is playing well. Um, you know, Tuchel, he's, he's done such a great job since taking over. I mean, he's channeled his inner, like, uh, Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. Um, man looks like okay you know what okay. <laughs> i get that was that was good i got that, one. that was um, I did yeah like- so i'm gonna go real madrid and i, I think psg is finally gonna get the revenge and uh they're finally gonna win the champions league under uh, pochettino but i think it would be very interesting to see Tuchel against psg in the final and I, I really don't think that's super unlikely yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and give a little mix of both i'm not taking city to advance past psg i think that they're also clicking at the right time they have been very dominant as of lately and mbappe is god mbappe is mbappe um so i'm gonna go ahead and take psg in that game i I think it's going to be a great fixture but I think PSG is just going to have a little bit too much firepower and get past them. I mean, you have a very good point. City is very deep, very, very, very deep. But unless that back line and Ederson are on perfect form, I I just see, I see that being a very high scoring game and I see uh, PSG advancing. Now a little bias here on both sides of the ball for Madrid, Chelsea, you know, I love my boy Modric, Modric over Messi is my saying. Um, 
But I'm going to go with Chelsea. I'm going to go with Chelsea in a close one. I think Chelsea's defense has been phenomenal in this run of games um, under since Tuchel took over in February, I think it was. And the whole key to that game is going to be controlling the midfield, uh, containing their midfield, you know, limiting Kroos and playing the best that they can. You know, hopefully that back line, the Danish Maldini on uh, Christensen can, you know, hopefully step up and, Tiago Silva's getting back into form after that injury, and Rudiger's Rudiger stepped up big time, became a big time player under Tuchel so far, and Pulisic is getting back into form as well. And I, I mean, I think he's scored in almost every game he's been in since uh, the last international break. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ride with Chelsea. Um, but if that does go to the final, that's a complete toss up. I mean, obviously, I want to say Chelsea, but. I think I might have to ride with PSG still and say that they would go on and win it all. But, hey, only time will tell. And it's been an exciting Champions League season so far, and so I'm excited to see the finish of it. And, hey, if it's the last champion, like, you know, normal Champions League ever, hopefully Chelsea can win it and be remembered as the last normal, you know, Champions League winner. And then to just go and leave to the Super League. But, Carter, you got anything else about the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, like, I think the idea of a two-shell versus – his former club final is a great thing. I mean, it also brings back the idea of, uh, I mean, like the first round matchup, even like Courtois coming back up against Chelsea. I mean, like at the end of the day, like he was really good for Chelsea. Also. And Hazard. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, exactly. Hazard too. I mean, like Hazard obviously like not been, he's had a better season this year than he has in previous it's years. been but, hurt. Uh, but like, I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be a little bit of poetic justice to see Mason Mount put a brace in against like Courtois I mean I don't know I think that like Real Madrid's obviously got the better players they've had more money to spend I mean Timo Werner's kind of putting two things together now I mean like all we need is Havertz to do something something now so and he has been in that false nine role he's stepped up a little bit he's, he's been better whenever you let him do what he like wants to do and get like I don't know. I mean, like, whenever he was back at uh, Leverkusen, like, they kind of let him do what he wanted. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I think that it's um, a good thing. So Yeah. I mean, Chelsea has been great under Tuchel, and that transition us perfectly into our next thing is, is it enough for them to get top four? What are our final top four predictions? We're just going to run this through this real quick. I'll go ahead and give my four. I'm going to have the obvious City at the top. I think that's very clear. They've just been dominant and and this would be the craziest bottle of all time if they managed to blow this up so i'm gonna go with leicester at second a little bit of a surprise there but i think united's gonna hit a little bit of a slump again and end up <laughs> end up dropping down to third so that puts united at third and i have chelsea escaping with the four spot that's a an interesting interesting list because interesting um i look at the table now and I mean, like, you see Chelsea in fifth, Liverpool in sixth. I don't think Liverpool's going to get top four. I think Chelsea will make the top four. I think United and City will make the top four. And that's what I kind of get in my toss up because Leicester City is obviously a game back. Um, but, like, you look at Leicester City and say, oh, oh, you know, who do Leicester City play? I mean, they – and then you look at it, and they have a kind of easy schedule. They got West Brom. They got Crystal Palace. Newcastle, Southampton, right? But then, then they got Chelsea. Then they got Man United, and they got Tottenham in the season. All three of games, but then they can drop. So, well, I, I thought you said, I thought you said they're playing hard teams at the end. You said Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, I said United, please, Chelsea, also. Please. I think, relatively speaking, like I don't know, Tottenham, like it's a team that could very, like, could very much beat. Leicester City also like. They could put three in against Manchester City, but they could also like let up four against West Brom, like Chelsea like has. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like here's the thing. I'm just gonna say West Ham top four just because I like really want it to happen. I don't know if I have full faith in it, but I mean, I'd love to see them be blowing bubbles in the Champions League if that continues to be a thing. So I mean, I know they're a game ahead. I know, um, like, they've not been the most solid, but I don't know. With the amount of games left, I like West Ham and, like, in their previous matchups, look, 
I know we got Chelsea, which I think they're dropping, but they got Burnley, they got Everton, they got Brighton, they got Southampton, and they got West Brom. All games that I think they realistically should win. So you give them five wins, one loss. You give uh, Leicester City four wins, three losses, I think it was, because they're a game back. Like, I mean, I'm not Good gonna, question, Carter. Do you, do you consider Tuchel's first uh, – Go at for first run, you know, these last couple months of failure if Chelsea fails to get top four. I mean, he's kind of put in a weird spot a little bit, like he took over a little bit midseason. So I don't think he it's a failure. I mean, he's made it far in the Champions League, like they're in the FA Cup final now. So I mean, I don't know, realistically, if you if you win a cup final or you make it as far as you the Champions League, like he's had a lot to juggle too. Like with the woes of Werner, like and like trying to integrate Ziyech into the team, like, um, like he came into a Chelsea team where, like Mason Mount was like that dude, like for Lampard, and like you didn't know, like, oh, he's still gonna be that dude, like, what's his role gonna be, and like, I mean, he still found a way to make it work really well, as he did whenever he went to PSG in kind of a weird situation there with like Neymar rumors of him leaving, so. I mean, look, I think he's done a great job, regardless of to make the top four. But, like, we'll talk about that if they don't make the top four. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. All right, let's hear yours, Frankie. This might piss you some people off. No, no. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't see Liverpool in the top four. I mean, it's hard to say that, considering the front three they have. And, and they raised a couple last year. Yeah, and how good of uh, your uh, how good of a manager Jurgen Klopp is like it's hard to see them not in the top four. But I have also okay. All right, let me just I have City winning the league, but I don't think it's it's completely out of the picture that United does something. Um, just and I I still I still think City will win the league. Okay, okay, uh, that's un- I understand. United, I understand. United beat City handily. They beat Tottenham handily. They they beat they um they're they're in form right now. And City City lost the FA Cup. They lost to Leeds United. They lost. Uh, they're still in the Champions League, but they're not they're not exactly playing their best football right now, as opposed to Man United. So I could see I could see it being being closer, but I, I still think Pep will pull it out. Um, I think oh, I, I I really want West Ham. You know, just because um, I'm a big Jesse Lingard fan. And Lings. I feel like, I feel like you always got to cheer for the underdog, but um, I don't see West Ham making it. I, I do see I do see Chelsea in. So I'm going to go City, City 1, United uh, 2, Chelsea 3, and Leicester 4. Okay. And I, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got to – not not many games left. The season is fast going winding, and if this is the last regular Premier League season, it's going to be interesting to see who goes out on top and you know who doesn't. So transitioning to one of our last things, we're just going to talk a little bit of baseball real quick. Um, I have one thing to say. It's the San Diego Fraud Drays, as I like to call them, is one of the worst organizations in baseball from the top to the bottom. Um, I don't know why you rush your superstar, Mr. Face of Baseball, seven errors through uh, eight played games back into uh, back to play meaningless April series against the defending world champions, which is not a Mickey Mouse ring because you guys want to beat them. And when he potentially has to have season ending surgery on his shoulder, I don't know why you take the risk, but. You know, the best is the Padres organization. Dodgers still took two for two out of the three from them. And it was an amazing series. It was fun to watch. And, you know, I wish they were in the AL sometimes because I'd love to see that as a World Series matchup. So I'm just curious on uh, if you guys have been following along a little bit, what you guys think the World Series potential matchup might be. Um, I think it's I think it's too early to say. Um, There's like, a lot of games it, left. Obviously, obviously that's um, – uh, but uh, it, it's really hard to – bet against the Dodgers right now. I mean, there's just there's too much going for them. Mookie Betts is phenomenal. Um, I'm a bit of a Sox fan, so Mookie Betts was my favorite player for a long time, and I'm still I'm happy for him. He isn't he didn't really hit like a road bump when he went to the Dodgers. Like no, I, I want to say no, a little bit first, he's been he's been phenomenal. Um I think he, he can make a case you can make a case that he's the best player in, in the baseball. MLB. That might yeah. be a hot take. 
But I mean, they had a hell of a catch last night. Yeah. I mean, he had a walk-off catch last night. I mean, um, so it's hard to bet against the Dodgers. But um, and it's also hard to bet against the Sox right now. They're hot too. Look for yeah. them to make some make yeah. some noise in the hail this year. Uh, I agree. Um, and so uh, I'll go. I'll go early prediction. Dodgers. Dodgers going back to back. But um, also, also uh, I'd like to point out the fact that the New York Yankees, despite. Um, the Yankees are have the worst record in the American League right now, which is pretty funny. Um, when you look at the roster, you'll get Garrett Cole, um, Chapman, Stanton, Judge, um, all those guys. You just look at how much money they're paying them, and you're seeing not a lot of production. And um, I don't want to say it's funny because I don't want to offend any Yankee fan. But oh, you know what is funny though? You know who's right there next to them? The Houston Astros, and that just oh, yeah. as as the Dodgers They're fan, funny. that just makes me smile. Please, please keep throwing in, uh, inflatable trash cans onto the uh, the field when the Astros play. Please keep doing that. Everybody loves it. So Frankie's got the Dodgers going back to back. Carter. Yeah. So, I mean, while I'm have not been the most avid baseball fan in, in recent years. I have done a little bit of research this year. And um, I mean, like, I'm always going to roll with Los Doyers. So, I mean, I obviously got the Dodgers as the NL team in the World Series. But I think my American League team, a little bit of a shock, maybe not. But a team I really like this year, I like, I don't know, maybe I just like the way, like, like just like all around how their team looks, and I just feel like it could be like a sleeper team. Is like a team like the Mariners. Okay. Okay. They're a very good yeah. young team. Very good yeah. young team. Yeah. I think that like they're a really good squad, and it's like I don't know. It's just like the type of thing where it's like I could just so see them making a deep run just like for the sake of it, and like of like it's like the type of thing where it's like you look forward to their future because they like made it to a final. It's like the Heat. Like the Heat, a really good young team. They made it to like the, like the NBA Finals, and they lost like a really, really good like stacked team in the Lakers. So I feel like it could be the same thing in baseball. I mean, like at the end of the day, I just feel like the Dodgers are too good. Like, do you think anybody can beat them in the seven game series? Like, it's no. going to be tough for anybody to beat the Dodgers in seven. Yeah. Do you guys see any chance of a little freeway series at the World Series? Angels have been playing. Hey, Shohei Otani has been start. amazing for the Angels yeah. this year. It has been very fun to watch. Um, there's been a ton of good things with I going on with that, that Angels. Like the, it's, if that pitching staff can stay healthy and continue to do what they've been doing and the bats stay hot, I could definitely see a freeway series, World Series. The uh, My pick for the World Series right now is obviously the Dodgers. They're too deep to lose it. I mean, when you have a former Cy Young, Mr. Younger, and David Price coming out of the bullpen, it's it's unfair. You know, you face Bauer for seven innings, and you have Price, and then you have Kenley Jansen, who is actually getting back into his, you know, prime form, which is a really good welcoming thing for Dodgers fans. So I've got the Dodgers going back-to-back. And facing the Dodgers, I have the White Sox. The White Sox – are a very scrappy team. They have one of the best staffs in baseball, and they have a lot of great young guys too. And they're not even fully healthy. They're missing one of their best players. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited for the rest of this year. And like we mentioned before, keep booing those Astros. And, of course, to wrap it up, we have our hot takes for the day. To end this first episode back, who wants to lead us off with their hot take? I can uh, I can take my, uh, my hot take. I actually have two hot takes. Um, so – First up, I'm going to switch it over to the, uh, the basketball world. Um, so this is not the hottest of takes. I think there are quite a few people that may be in agreement with me. But so the MVP award for the, uh, the NBA, the M- MVP award, I feel like in, in recent memory, it's been the best player on a good team. It's not been the most valuable player to their team. You said this before too. You have. I I like it. I agree. The MVP literally means most valuable player. Who is the biggest asset to their team? What what um what team can't survive without this player? And really, it's inspiration. There are there are a handful of yeah there are a handful of players. But I gave my prediction at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking by it. Steph Curry deserves to be the MVP of the NBA this season. I look at the Warriors and how crappy they were last year. They were a joke of an organization last year. 
and and they're they're going to be I think they're going to be a playoff team. They're the nine seed right now, which I know is not not phenomenal, but if you're looking at what Curry's working with right now, it's not too much. And it, please please watch some Warriors games. I'm not even a Warriors fan, but like I watched the Celtics Warriors game last night, and that was ridiculous. Yeah, Curry's insane. He, he's I can't like I'm still in shock like uh, of some of the stuff I, I keep seeing out of him. I mean. Some yeah. of the three picked, it's just it's just unbelievable, and he's carrying poor, that poor team. Poor Steph on the Curry path. has nobody around him, man. No, yeah. Um, Put that man on the Lakers now. Let him play with the real team. The thing is, too, like especially with Steph, like the only reason I would hesitate to give it to him is because he's been injured. If he was playing, like if he didn't get hurt and he was playing this whole time, like, like yeah, agreed. Back to me, he's like, like for me, it's like. At this time, it's like I feel like it's him and Bede and Jokic kind of at the top. Like, I mean, and like, was out for a while too, though. No, exactly. That's why I hate to, hesitate to give it to him as well. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, especially not seeing like the King James himself because he's been in it or injured as well. But I mean, it's been a weird yeah. season. But no, I actually definitely if they can make the playoffs. I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a little bit of a sneaky run just behind Steph. And, Agreed. Say, so. Agreed. And I, I also have, I have a second hot take really quickly. Um, so, like, I, I always hear this term, the big six, um, when it comes to the Premier League. Um, and I think Leicester City deserves to be known as a big six team now. And um, they did it under Claudio Ranieri, and now they're doing it under Brendan Rodgers. I'm not a Brendan Rodgers fan, um, but – I mean, you got to give him credit um, when credit's due. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you change the saying. Do you say big seven? But um, I'm, I'm really, I'm sorry. If you're an Arsenal fan watching this, I'm really not. I'm kind of destroying your hopes and dreams this episode. But eighth, fifth, sixth, and fifth, and they're ninth right now in the table is not really fuck spelling out, um, you know, Big, big uh, team six, to me. Big six. Uh, big six. Uh, and and since Tottenham right now, they're eighth to uh, – they're seventh, sorry. Um, so it's just – I really think Leicester City needs more credit. Um, they, have, they have less money. They don't, the King Pow is not as big of a stadium, um, maybe not as big of a fan base. But, I mean, they keep having these seasons where – uh, they're just kind of like slept on at the beginning of the season and they keep sneaking into the top four and the How more they not did, love Jamie Vardy exactly I mean absolute shithousery uh, <laughs> oh when he scored that game winner a few months back and just oh, yeah. murdered the corner flag was one not of the best a, moments a big of the year the corner flags. yeah um so those are those are my hot takes right there Carter go for it okay I have a two um and the the first one is a little bit of a weird one. So whenever I I look at like I go to like the Premier League leading goal scorers and like I'm trying to think or like leading just like players and I think who is like the best English striker? Like the vet who's gonna be that guy that like puts them over the top and like I kind of exclude Rashford a little bit because I see him more of like a, a winger like now, like just like the way like to play him. And like, I think at this point right now in time and like the plays, the play, what he's playing, I think that the best English striker right now is Danny Ings. Like he's been playing really, really well. Like, and he's on a terrible team. Like James Ward-Prowse, really good actually. But he's not bad. Like Southampton's like not a good team. Like Jamie Vardy, like I think he's a better player, but like right now, I think Danny Ings is playing better. Like Jamie Vardy, kind of like he's got he's got the guys with him. Like Madison's really good, so that's kind of the first one. A little bit of an odd one, but I think the second one, maybe it's just because maybe maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I'm delusional, but I love I love the Ball Brothers. That's all I'm gonna say. And I think that Melo. I, I think that with more playing time, um. I think we might see a little bit of a Showtime Hornets next year. Like, I really see them being, like, a good team. It's been fun to watch. I know they have. I mean, maybe it's because of the announcer. But, like, um, I see LaMelo, like, not only do I see him being, like, an all-star next year, I see because of how well the Hornets are doing, like, 
it's like kind of like the Julius Randle MVP talk. Like I see that with LaMelo next year. Like, I don't know. I think that the Hornets are a decent team and like LaMelo, yeah. whenever he's got some company around him. Yeah, no, he do he does. And like scary Terry, like coming a little bit back into form also. I mean, they paid way too much for him, clearly. But I mean, I like a I like a Hornets deep playoff run next year. It's a little bit of a far away hot take, but I have, I'll, go ahead and, I'll go ahead and conclude us unless you have yeah. anything to say about that, Frankie. I just have something really quick to say. So it, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around Danny Ings. Um, like Harry Kane, like I've never been a Harry Kane fan. Um, I know uh, I know how Jake feels about Harry Kane, but he's leading the garbage in the Premier League right now. He's got he's got eleven more goals. He's got twelve more goals than Danny Ings right now, and and seven more assists. So it's it's kind of hard for me to see Danny Ings to go against good old yeah, Harry. Hey, the thing is, that man's got one hundred and thirty six or one hundred thirty seven Premier League goals, all for nothing. I mean, it already was all for nothing, so considering that one shit, but. Yeah, but for, for a team that's 14th in a table, though, you yeah, gotta, you're, at, yeah, you're right. When you have, like, you think, like, so the whole thing is, like, Bamford. Like, Bamford's, like, a, like you also see Bamford on the list. I think Bamford's really good also. But, like, a lot of his goals come from, like, one game. Like, Leeds was really good, too, at the beginning of the year. Like, don't forget that. Like, I think Southampton's one of the worst teams. I feel like he, like, especially at the – end of like last season like that guy was going on a tear and like he's basically like keeping them afloat in a way so I mean it's definitely a hot take I'll say that but I definitely don't think you should see like I, I think you should, you should definitely at least be brought on in some games whether it's like the Euros or the Euro qualifiers like he's definitely earned his pay like he, he's he's definitely earned the time to like see his day on the field like I mean, he like I I forget what team it was, but I feel like it was might have been like United or City who was like talking about signing Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Like, in place of like Aguero. So like in also, the right, yeah, see Aguero. We never talked about that. We'll talk about that next time. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna yeah. miss him. Really. Danny Ings. Yeah, I like the take. I like the hot takes. And to conclude yeah. hot takes, I'm gonna go yeah, ahead and yeah. I'd like I'm gonna, to hear yours. I'm gonna go ahead and give mine. And that is a, it's a, it's a baseball one. You know, I like to stay in the category of baseball when it comes to these utility player for the Dodgers. Zach McKinstry will win the rookie of the year this year. I want to see his odds because I am sure they are amazing for a betting man. Um, he has just absolutely exploded onto the scene for the Dodgers. I'm sure you guys haven't really heard much about him, but he has been one of the most valuable players for them so far this season. And that's in a lineup with guys of the names of Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger and McKinstry has just torn done whatever Dave Roberts has asked him to do. And uh, that's, he was nobody's pick to win rookie of the year um, by any like ma- major media outlets or anything. So I'm going to go ahead and ride with Zach McKinstry or McKinstroy for rookie of the year. Um, that concludes my hot take is very simple. Yeah. But it is a hot take because people seem to not agree with it, but just wait on it. Keep sleeping on them. I love it. Thank you guys for listening. It was amazing being back with the boys talking sports. Hopefully we're going to continue to make this a weekly thing. And it was good chatting with y'all. Thank you. Thank you.